Welcome to Bites of Light with Angel and Seth Brewer. Our mission is to bring bite-sized nuggets of information to be digested as you please. Take a quick bite or stay for the whole party. Pleasure being the main component of our mission, we will also bring other humans into our space to share their magical brew with us all. Love, service, and wisdom is what we are bringing to the table. Join us in our magical kitchen where what is being served is for your highest good. Welcome, welcome. We are joined today by Grace Cone for a second time. You may uh, recognize her from episode five. Uh, uh, that episode consequently was recorded actually almost three years ago when uh, Angela and Angela and, and and Grace sat down to just document some experiences that they'd had together and talk about um, some different things that have come up and, and just dive deep into whatever was, was coming up for them around those things. And we have Grace back today to dig into some of those things further and just see what else comes up because she just is such an amazing soul and has so much to offer the world. We're just super excited that you're here with us. Yay. So happy to, be happy to Yay. see you again, Grace. <laughs> really happy to be here, guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just like kind of what we did with Jacob, you guys will, if you go back to the previous episode, doing a deep dive and, and solidifying a lot of our journey along the way, Grace and I are going to do the same thing. So when I was working at Summerhill Pyramid Winery, um, Grace got the call to come. So I'm going to just pass it over. And so you can hear right from her first experience of what was going on and how she came to find me. Yes. So I, I got the call from Stephen, who is uh, Stephen Sipes, who is the, the brain behind the, the gold behind the pyramid. Let's call it that. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was actually, that's a little bit of a story in itself because I really was guided to leave my book, which we talked about in the last time we spoke together, which I wrote uh, for parents primarily and grandparents, teachers, anybody who needs some assistance with autism. Uh, just a recap there that I have a daughter, beautiful daughter named Julianne, who is on the autism spectrum. So I wrote this book called Children of Autumn, Autism Here on Purpose. And I, wa I went to the winery with a girlfriend of mine and my husband. And uh, the next morning, and we had a great time, and I noticed a few things about the winery while I was there. One, that this fellow who created this place obviously was tapped in because there is a photo at the front of the pyramid that comes from a very esoterical set of books that I was aware of. And so that was sort of the first little hit. And then the second hit was all his um, information in the bathrooms. I don't know if you remember, Ange, about bees, bees. saving the bees. Yeah. And so that was the second hit. And then the third hit was the drums, all the drums that were placed all around. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, that was my question. And um so we had a really lovely time at, at the winery. And then the next morning I got this, I call them little downloads. I don't know what you guys call them, but it yep. was a very clear message that you need to go back to the winery and you need to leave a book for this gentleman, Stephen Sipes. 
And part of me always argues with my higher self sometimes where I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, this guy's not going to read this book. Like, really? And sure enough, it was very insistent. No, no, no. You need to go back. Just, I was like, okay, okay. I surrender. I will go back. So I actually wrapped it up. And it was the day of my son's wedding. So I was going to Kelowna to pick up my daughter because I was responsible for dressing her. So I drop off this book at the winery and then go pick up Jules and then don't think about it anymore because now it's like the wedding and so forth. And of course, I don't hear anything, right? As I expected. And then six months rolls by and I'm at the Toronto airport and I get this message from him saying, oh my God, I just read your book. You have to come to the winery. When can you come? Da, 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 da. And I was like, is this real? Or did somebody actually hack my phone? You know, yeah, like, what? Yeah. And, and so I respond and there's a phone number and so on. And so long story short, we, we make a date for me to come out to Kelowna. And he hooks me up with Ange. He He's like, okay, this woman is going to pick you up and she'll bring you to the winery and do, do, do all those things, right? So I get on a plane, I get picked up by Ange, and then the minute I get into the car, she introduced herself as, is it Willow first? Willow White Wolf. Willow Wolf Woman. So the key piece for me was the wolf. Okay, as soon as I heard the word wolf, my body and my mind and my soul went to this beautiful place uh, in Arizona, um, it's a wolf sanctuary medicine wheel lodge there you go medicine wheel lodge and i go hey you know there's this place where you can actually be with the wolves and it's a sanctuary and she looks at me and she goes yeah i know i've been there and I was like, what? <laughs> like so random right because it's not like a disneyland kind of place where come one come all like yeah it's an adventure to get there it's, it's an one of her favorite get... places on the planet. Yeah. She talks about it all the time. <laughs> it's amazing. You'll have to go. You'll have to go for sure. Like I want to yeah. bring my, I want to take my husband there one time because he loves dogs. Right. And he loves, he, you know, particularly loves dogs. So he'll love it. But yeah, it was so random. And that was the moment where it was like, oh, okay. That's, and there's more to this story because there's another player who comes into it, who is Elise. And she was, she's a friend of ours, friend of mine, who at the time, as all this was happening, she was supposed to come to Kelowna and I knew she was planning not to come. And because of our connection, and it was with Elise that I went down to this wolf sanctuary, and that's another story in itself, and also very guided, and very guided, like, in the moment, like, it was like, you got to do this and you got to do it now. Like, it's not like, wait three months. It's like, we had a conversation, her and I, it was on a Tuesday night. And on the Friday, we were in the car driving down there. And not knowing that we would ever go to this wolf sanctuary. We were going for other reasons, right? But then where it led us to was this wolf sanctuary. And then that connection with you. And then some other things that happened on the way back through Montana, when we met some interesting people, and they have other ideas of what to do with wolves. And we had just come from this wolf sanctuary where we were like holding that energy of like preserving these amazing beings, right? So it, it was all guided. But 
so that that was an amazing moment for I know for me because I was like oh okay you've been there and then when I phoned Elise that night and said this is what I said to Elise I said Elise I know you think you're not coming but you're already here and here's what happened and I told her the whole story about meeting you and she's like and I said, if it has anything to do with money and you just short a little bit, I got you. Don't worry. Get on the plane. And she came. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was that was amazing to. And what it made me realize, Ange, was was uh, there's a bigger plan. There's some I always talk about it like this, like there's some force. I, I, I don't want to get too weird here, but there's some uh, as weird as you want. <laughs> <laughs> but Love but you know there's there's some force that's choreographing. Like I'm a director. Yeah. I, I've worked with children all my life. I've directed plays. I've been in plays. Uh you're choreographing something. You're talking to your actors and saying, okay, here you need to do this, here you need to come in here, you know, so on and so forth. There is also a force, I feel like, that's doing that with us. You yes. know, like mm -hmm. we got that download to to go, like I said, to go and everything flowed beautifully. And then you obviously got the same download. Yes. And even the woman who owns the place, I mean, she would tell you her story. It was all came to her in dream time, right? Mm -hmm. And she was guided to go down there and, and open up this place, right. right? So you know, it's so fascinating because had, had we not gone there, I think our, our connection. That was might... our anchor point. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk a lot about following your intuition. Yeah. And ultimately, like when you start getting deeper into it, that that's what intuition is. Like we're all here for a purpose. Should we choose to um, allow that guidance to come in? Right. And then that's when that once we allow, once we surrender to that guidance, that's yeah. when that intuition starts coming. What we call intuition is the guidance that we are agreeing to 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 allow to to lead us, and the magic that comes with it is just amazing and immeasurable. I mean, there's so many people with with stories of once they once they let go, once they start following their intuition, the the things that start happening are just too like they're too good. You can't you can't make it up. Yeah. Your imagination can't even go as wild as. Is what happens so if you yeah, just, we're all if you just allow you just allow yeah right yeah and, yeah. and you've, you've trained yourself to follow those and, and to look for the signs because we mm -hmm. know the universe speaks to us in symbols right and so when you got in the car and you know i introduced myself as willow white wolf and your reaction it, it there for me there was this alchemical switch that happened that there there was emerging already before we were five minutes down the highway and i felt like i'd known you forever right because we could both tap into that vibration that we both knew existed how do you put words to it you can't you just know and we knew we knew in that moment mm -hmm. right yeah. and then yeah. the next couple of days we just did this beautiful sacred dance of blowing each other up and and it was it was an amazing it was a, it was an amazing couple of days with you mm -hmm. and so i'd like to um share some some of our experiences um, so on the land, I think he has 80 acres, um, and it's on indigenous land. Um, and he has been gifted, um, the, the honor of holding these sacred lodges or a sacred lodge for the indigenous community there. And he's the lodge keeper. And so you have to ask permission and it's a very sacred space. And he allowed me to take you. And by that point, Elise was now in Kelowna with us mm -hmm. 
and we went there. So, you know, you can share what happened as we were walking up to the Kukuli. Yeah, that that was really something too. Um, so I'll start with as soon as you mentioned the Kukuli, you had mentioned the word Kukuli, and on a logical or intellectual level, I didn't know what that meant. Right. I I never in this lifetime heard that word. Right. However, my body did and was like, oh, I got to go in there, like, and and just to see it. I wasn't expecting, as we've talked about before, to do anything in there. I just, it was like a, in, in hospitality, they call it a site inspection. Right. You go in, right. Right. It was like that. I was like, oh, I need to see this, this Kakuli as a site inspection. That That's how I understood it. And um, there was a couple of other girls. It was so cool, too. I don't know if you remember this, Ange, but all these women started gathering around the pyramid, like, yeah. There was elderly women, there was younger women, there was like a whole group of women start, showed up in Kelowna on those few days. So there was some something definitely brewing, let's call it that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I was staying with, at this point, a couple of other girls as well. So Elise was there, me, and then two of my our other friends. And I basically said to them all, hey guys, you want to come to the Kukuli? And they were like, nah, no, tired, no, no, no. And then Elise, at the very last minute, she goes, you know what, I'll come. And I was like, okay, great. So off we go, and um, we're walking down. Now I remember we're walking down. And it was and winter. It's winter, yeah, yeah, it's February. And I, I'll i never forget this because, honestly, I felt like I was in my vision board. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that part. But I was like, I'm in my vision board. Like, there was a – there was a – there was this the, the 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 key piece was there was this truck that was very unique it was like an old truck that i also had on my vision board there was a greenhouse there was like all these pieces and i i i was already feeling like wow this is bizarre like i'm you know i'm i'm literally in it and so we kept walking and then we got to and we're just casual very casual and then we got to the entrance of the kakuli and the three of us just went into a very reverent state. And I remember I was wearing this wool gray coat and I had gotten all these little, what do you call them, Ange? Rumbles? I'm not even sure. They're kind of like, they're, they're about this big, uh, the size of a cherry and they've got all the sticker things on them. So they cling to everything. They're like a dried seed pod with poker thingies and when you got the money, you got them for we, good. We call them cockleburs where I came from. There you go. They're just nasty looking. Yeah. So she's now she's now spined cones. And they like wool. And now mm -hmm. Grace is covered in them. I've got them all at the bottom. But just before you two, I felt like I had like you two on either side of me yes. as kind of these maids of waiting almost. It felt yes. like a, it was very interesting. And because you guys automatically started taking them off of me. And we were very, like, again, in this very reverent state. But Elise turned around. Do you remember this? And she turned, and there was a bridge. There was this red bridge. Yes. And she turned, and she said, oh, they're here again. And I was like, who? And she goes, remember the beings we saw when we were in Sedona? And I was like, oh, yeah. So so she's very clairvoyant, clairvoyant. Elise. Mm -hmm. 
And, but basically she was seeing indigenous people both times coming with us or, or there with us for sure. And the, so the first time was when we were on the Sedona trip and when we saw the wolves and then the second time was there, right? So, so we get into this very reverent state with no agenda. We have zero agenda. We have no We're just plan. going to see it. Yeah. yeah. Site inspection, right? Yeah. But now we like we all of us in. are like, no, we're doing more than that. So we go in and we went into a full on ceremony, yeah. just full on ceremony. It was amazing. And, um, you know, one of the, I hesitate to almost share this, but I'm going to because it's yeah. part of what I'm doing here is, you know, now you you didn't you don't know my daughter you haven't met my daughter but Elise knows my daughter very well and one of the things that we both saw like both Elise and I saw while we were in there was that Julianne has this big role like a very big role on the planet uh even though she's you know you may not know that looking at her or people all often ask me like does your daughter work and I go, mm-hmm. But it's not in the way that we understand. It's not three-dimensional work. Three work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, it's 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 very it's very interesting, right? But that that was it, it was very moving for me, of course, as Julianne's mother. And then you always have to check in with yourself of am I actually seeing this correctly or am I wanting this to be what this is? But then Elise was that confirmation because she we hadn't talked about anything again neither one of us had any agenda and so when we went out and we compared notes she was like oh yeah I saw Julianne and very clear and da 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 so it was like okay you know and 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 so that was interesting now what I recall the three of us really seeing was this wolf woman and we compared notes about that where we saw her so she was half wolf, half woman, and that was in the Kakuli. And so we did some haka in there. We did a lot of different things we did in there, but it was a very profound um, experience. And, and what I've learned about myself as well is, you know, you may not be um, a superstar in a worldly point of view let's put it that way but your effect on the world can still be very strong so by that I mean I came out of there and for a few days after that it was like the wave went out and then all the calls started to come in and nobody knew it's not like we were doing anything like this or we were the three of us were called together specifically to do what we did in there Uh, it was very sacred I'm very happy actually to hear, I didn't know that that was indigenous land. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have something going on with indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. Like I will say that every kind of where I turn and do something, there's an indigenous piece. So I'm like, I find that interesting and I'm fascinated by that as well. Um, But yeah, it was very, it was, it was very profound. I mean, we were, we were very, uh, moved I know all of us were very moved for sure um, and we all got information as well right so well for me um, 
I think it's really cool to have two different perspectives on what happened in there. Um, because, you know, I'd been in there before it's, you know, I had committed to also being a, a groundskeeper and guardian of that area. That's why Willow White Wolf went there for protection. And um, walking, walking up to the Kukuli, you know, we're in a foot and a half of snow. For those of you who don't spend time in Canada, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hence the wool coats and the boots up to our knees, like we're yeah. trudging through snow in the woods here, right? And so a Kukuli is what they used to live what the indigenous community used to live in and it's almost underground it's just it just looks like a great big lump it's been you know now there's grass and stuff growing in it kind of looks like an overgrown sweat lodge inside there's a hole with a fire pit in the middle so that the smoke can go up um so kind of a cross between a sweat lodge and a teepee like i, I don't know that's kind of the only way i could describe it without you know showing a visual they're hobbit houses they're hobbit yeah <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you can fit, I don't know, what, maybe 30 or 40 people standing inside. So it's quite large. Yeah. And so as we're walking up to it, and I'm seeing all these brambly things on great, and, and that's exactly what happened. She stopped, and Elise and I just dropped to our knees and started, you know, and it was almost, and as we started doing it in the beginning, it was like, oh, these darn things. And then all of a sudden we got into this rhythm, and it was like we were energetically cleansing our elder before we went into the sacred space and if any of you have ever done sweat lodges and stuff you do that you you cleanse yourself sage or with whatever before you go in and without even words like there was no vocabulary around you know when 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 grace says there was this reverence that came in there was no words we walked in dropped to our knees both of us started doing this and she just stood there and it there was this grandmother energy right she was our elder that's exactly what it was for me too and so allowing you guys to go in you know there's a about a five foot doorway to go in before you get into the round part and i closed you know the door and when i turned around and saw you and elise standing there like it, there was this instant warrior and like it took my breath away. It's going to make me cry. The space that we held and and again there was no words. We I was just going to show you guys, right? And yep, site inspection. Site inspection mm -hmm. and then we dropped into this epic epic space and and then you guys sang and I know that is part of your medicine. And I just, I had tears running down my face the whole time I was in there because for me, excess energy, <laughs> release valves, um, the amount of divine feminine that was held in that space. And that's what the Kukulis are. That is the womb that like, it literally does represent the womb. And so to have these three wolves in there, I was like, this is epic. I have been in intense apprenticeships for the last six years back then and have held tons of ceremony. And that was one of the most powerful experiences to date at that time that I had ever experienced. And it wasn't, we just did a thing and it wasn't even, and there was no words. That was the thing. We were all so connected on what was happening. 
Uh, it was so sacred and so special. And it opened up something inside of me. And, and at one point, uh, one of my vivid memories is you and Elise had sat down because uh, we had wood, like literally wood logs cut for chairs. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't help myself. It was like, you, you know, when you got to listen to the guidance and I got down on my hands and knees and like sat on my feet and had my hands like this pushed on the floor and I was sitting beside you and I was out of my body and I'm like, I'm literally a wolf right now. I, I haven't. And then Elise said something to me about, do you, do you want to share? I think you guys were sharing something. And I just looked at her and I had no human words because I was literally shape-shifted into my wolf form. And I, and so I just, I just kind of blinked and then she carried on. Like she understood that I was not capable of human words at that point. That's never happened up until like that, that had never happened. <laughs> and then we got up and started singing. And then this stuff was coming out of my, 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 my trachea. Like I, and again, I was so out of my body. So in like, there was no skin for me and this was happening and I just allowed it to happen, but you facilitated that. And again, that has never happened for me as well. So what you guys consider normal was blowing me up inside. <laughs> and then we but talked again, about it after we got out and I said, I've never been held like that before and had that divine feminine energy come in, even though I have sat with some of the most powerful uh, healers that right now the world would say that we have and that one moment with you guys was unlike anything I've ever experienced yeah. it's amazing yeah and that just goes to show that following that intuition surrendering to that that guidance there's a reason right we all made agreements when we came here the choice mm -hmm. is that the question is are we going to choose to remember that agreement or not remember that agreement and if we choose to remember, then really letting go. I mean, there's some things we breezed over because of the storytelling. Um, one thing that the listeners may not have put together is when you got the call to go to this wolf sanctuary in Sedona, you live in Canada. Yeah. This wasn't a couple hour drive. Yeah. You no. made the, this was, I'm answering this call and I'm going to be drive for three days oh, to yeah. do this thing. It wasn't just, <laughs> so when this intuition hits, when we get these, these callings, it's not, sometimes it, not feels easy. big sometimes it feels like a big thing and sometimes it doesn't feel so big but it doesn't change the fact that answering it's going to bring magic right well, and, yeah i have to say about that because elise was like are you sure we can't fly and i'm like no <laughs> we have to drive i i, I know we have to drive i don't know yeah. why we have to drive but we have to drive absolutely and then like i said it later the story expanded like we understood why we had to drive because we had to be in montana we had to show experience up that piece yeah. we had to experience that piece and also bring in you know this healing we we ended up in a bar in montana that because we needed gas we ran out of we ran out of gas we had to go off the highway and it was like and elise is tough like elise is tough and she was scared to She's go in a warrior. yeah oh, oh yeah and she was tough like she she was scared so she so i was like okay i'll go which i've never seen with her right so i was like okay well we need gas so i have to go in anyways you know it was like this scene it, this scene out of a movie really because the bar was like all their regulars were there and they were they were montana regular hangout beer drinking guys right and gals 
and um, then when I went in, they they were friendly though. They were like, you know, they were they were a little, um, how would I say it? Like a little worn in, but they were they were still friendly. Where are you girls from? You know that kind of thing. And oh, we're from Canada. Oh, Canada! Come on in. We'll get you a drink. You know, blah blah blah. So I'm like, Elise, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna buy us a drink, right? And then when they asked us what we what we had been doing down there, well, we were like, oh, well, we ended up going to this wolf sanctuary, and we told the whole story about the woman and how she's helping all these wolves. And now these are guys who hunt wolves and have wolves as like games where they like like the complete opposite energetic, mm-hmm. okay. And so for us to show up there and be so enthusiastic and excited about the healing that this woman is doing, they were like, oh, yeah. But I truly believe part of our mission was just to bring another idea. Bring that light. These are animals that are super, you know, intelligent beings. And maybe, you know, your, your interaction with them the way you're interacting with them isn't the wisest. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was the drive. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring so much light wherever you go. I'm sure that seeds were planted. Well, Well, you hope, right? Yeah. You hope. And that goes back to what you'd said about the, uh, you know, the, the, the power and influence, you know, in, in reality, in the big picture, the the part that actually matters, our our power and influence on the three D level really has very little pertinence to our power and influence on an energetic level, right? I mean, the, some of the most powerful beings on this planet are known by no one, except for a small group of people around them, and they're doing cosmic work that the yeah. rest of us, most of us, can't even fathom what they're doing. So being powerful and, and and influential on a 3d level on this planet is, is really irrelevant to the bigger scheme of of the universe and, and what's at play like you said that the, the higher powers that are you know kind of the well that that's like my piece about julianne right because exactly. that that's how i see julianne very much and that's what elise really saw too like Absolutely. you know where we really saw what her role is and we were like oh my god like okay and so this is the thing. Many, most people will never know Julianne, you know, but Julianne, because she's, again, the people she has affected, you know, you're right on the people she has affected have been greatly affected by her yeah. and continue to be, you know, like she's visiting right now and she's been here, she'll be here for a month and just being in her presence again, she stirs stuff up. Like she makes stuff move. Because if there's no stagnating when you're around her, because she's going to push those buttons that are going to sometimes make you laugh, sometimes make you cry, sometimes make you scream, you know, like all of it. All a release, all of it. All part of it, right? And then, then there's her just, she's just like a love beam. Like yesterday we were skating and she's just out there. Like she doesn't skate, she walks. Like she's got like cleats on her boots and she's walking around and people notice how happy she is. Mm-hmm. Like they'll come by and go, wow, like she's so happy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes like for the average person, it's like, they don't know what to do with it because she's so happy. 
right? And she wants to love everyone. She wants to just embrace everybody. And I got to like grab her and go, no, (laughs) (laughs) right? But most people I found, which, you know, helps to soothe my anxiety is they're great with her. Like, they're just like, it's okay. Like they love to see that amount of, of, of love, you know, uh, coming forward. So it's interesting still, I'm still learning. You know, it's like there's more onion on being peeled back. But just just I have to share this little story because I think it's it'll segue somewhere. I feel like it needs to be said yes. is. Um, so we were out there yesterday, like I said, and we were um, there was a woman there uh, that Julianne, you know, was like wanting to talk to. So she was talking to this lady and the lady was great. She was reciprocating. And then somehow, because Jules is always singing, that's, you know, you talk about music. I mean, you want somebody, like, two in the morning will wake up full song, you know? Like, her her latest tune, like, and we're wondering about this, because it's one of Cat Stevens' songs, which I'd never heard, and it's about spaceships, is called Longer Boats. And it's, it's, she's all about it. Like it's longer boats are coming to win us. They're coming to win us. And, and I'd never heard the song and I love Cat Stevens. And, and it's, I swear to God, like she woke up this morning at two and that's the first thing out of her mouth is this song. And so, yeah, we're, we're like, okay, what's, what's going on? Well, we need to, yeah, read, read the lyrics and see if there's some messaging in there. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's definitely some mess. Well, he himself even said, you know, there's definitely some messaging you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that, but so this woman uh, at the skating rink yesterday goes, so what's your favorite song, Julianne? Or she didn't know her name, but she goes, what's your favorite song? And there's this big pause, you know, because Jules knows a million songs and she knows, I swear, she knows the lyrics to a million songs. Like if you ever hang out with her, she knows every Bob Marley lyric, like every lyric, like she just goes on and on and on. So, so there's this huge pause and I'm thinking to myself, what is she, what is she waiting for? Like she knows so many songs anyways, holding space for her. And then she finally goes, stop and change. And internally, I had to chuckle because that's one of my songs. Oh. And this woman would never know this song. Yeah. Like, it's not a famous song as of yet, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, okay. So so the woman goes, oh, cool, you know? But for me, it was like, huh, of all the songs she could have picked to say, she picked that one. Interesting. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about that particular song is that song was the actual first song that I ever consciously wrote. So I had received a song, and I don't think we spoke about this last time. Oh, I love it. Tell us the story. Yeah. Okay. Um, but basically, my son, so Julianne wasn't even born yet, okay? But my son was one year old, so his name is Griffin. And we lived in Toronto at the time. We lived in a place called High Park. So I was taking him to go grocery shopping. And I was, I'm always singing too. And so I got to a certain area and I started singing this song. And I just acted as if I knew this song. Like it was just like, blah, 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 whatever the song. Until I reached the, um, the bridge of the song. And the last line of the bridge is the light in you had started to fade, okay? And as I sang those words, 
I started bawling my eyes out. It was one of those mm-hmm. activators where I just, that's when I woke up to the realization that this song that I was singing didn't actually exist. And this song was fully coming through me, words, music, everything. And I literally turned the carriage around and went home because at, this was, you know, my son just turned 30. So 30, 29 years ago and no cell phone, no nothing. So I miraculously remembered all the words. And now what's interesting about it, it talks about a group of children. So the chorus is children of autumn. They were sent from above, smiling and carefree. They were laughing at me for I was crying and hoping someday I'd be free. Someday I'd be me. That's the chorus. Okay. Mm. But it also talks about a people who had come from long ago. And these are these people that are returning as children, but I also see us as children in the song as well. It's not necessarily just children of age, but children in innocence, open to wonder and love and beauty and all those things, right? So that song now has become a play, which is really my life's work to get that. My goal for that play is that every child on the planet, age six to 12, gets to present that, gets to participate in that play at least once in their lifetime. And why? Because I truly believe that that play, and it is a musical, is totally loaded with seedings of wisdom that these children, because there's so much focus on technology these days, that if they can come together, even for a short time, even for six months to put this thing together in community with other children and adults, Um, because that's the beautiful thing about theater, right? Like it just brings so many people together, whether you're the costume person or people or the stage crew, or you're an actual actor or singer, or there's just so many parts and they're all important, right? There's, they're all important. So, um, we, we've produced the show twice, once here in Jasper and once in Edmonton and, over COVID, I was working with a beautiful man. Uh, his name's Premick Russell Tubbs. He's a professional musician out of New York. He worked with Santana, like all hearts. Like you guys would love this man. Mm-hmm. And he did all the arrangements. So my partner, Greg Deagle, and I wrote the music. And this other fellow, Stephen Char, and myself um, did the script. And, but Premix did all the arrangements. So now it's like an orchestra, like there's violin parts and cello and bass and flute. And he's a flautist and a saxophone player and percussion and guitar and piano and singing bowls and, you know, all these different things. Right. So, so that's now I'm just starting to put on that hat of sales where I'm like, okay, now I want to offer this to to the world, right? And so just the other night, so I was in Toronto recently and this Toronto trip was another one of those, I need to go to Toronto and I need to go now and I need to go for a month. And I had, again, I don't know why I need to go, but I got there and the whole month filled up. And the very last day that I was there, I met this woman named Naomi Weiss, W-E-I-S, and she's a filmmaker and she's done some amazing films 
um, one called Connecting the Dots, which is all to do with mental health and young people these days. It's excellent. We, we watched it recently with some friends. But just the other night, Julianne and I were watching this other one about um, this brilliant man from Argentina. And I'll have to get you the name of this movie. But he had a vision because Argentina has a lot of crime. And he had a vision and he's a conductor, so knows music inside and out, right? Mm -hmm. And so he had a vision that if you put an instrument into a child's hand, you would help them from becoming uh, a, a criminal, ultimately, okay? It would bring more peace to the planet, ultimately. That's his, that's his hypotheses. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's created this whole system, uh, which now has, of course, grown out. And there's, uh, there's people in Ottawa doing it. There's people in New York City, and it's all funded through fundraising, basically, but they, they teach children of a very young age music, musical instruments. They, they, they get the musical instruments donated, and it's incredible. It's incredible. And again, like, so I was watching this movie going, okay, this, I needed to see this because I want to do that with the children of autumn. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to use the play as a way to educate children and and but that music piece that can stay with them forever we want that in there right yeah yeah so <clears throat> just to finish off with with julianne and the stop and change the stop and change song was a song that i consciously wrote and and it's interesting because it really does talk about sort of the situation we're in right now you know and and the and the covid post-COVID times of um, that division that's occurred. You know, we see, we see it everywhere because of COVID. Um, and these lyrics were written 20 years ago. And uh, so, and it's about people. It's, you know, so many people, so many lives, you, you know, there's so much um, basically tension and, and what is it? Like, what, what do we have to do? And so stop and change. Like these are the, um, but you guys could find it on Spotify. It's on Spotify. Stop and change. It's, I was just gonna uh, ask if the yeah, listeners want to look up your it? music. Where can they find it? So yeah. Spotify. Yeah. And just on Spotify. Up. Yeah. Stop and change. And it's uh, Griggs and Grace and the fellow Marco Griggs. He's a brilliant, brilliant one of those guys actually that we talk about. Like not many people in the world, unfortunately, know of him, but. He's one of those amazing musicians that just loves to play. And, you know, his he's the violinist in this song and also the bass player. And his violin, like, he's brilliant. He's just brilliant. So they basically gave me this track, you know, 20 years ago and said, here, see if you can do anything with this track. And then I wrote the melody line over top of the music they already gave me, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and that's how that song came about. But... So yeah, so it was funny that Jules brought that up yesterday. So. Yeah, and we have a couple minutes left, but so I'd like you to quickly tell everyone where you're at with like when we first met, you talked about that you wanted to build a space where you could have a little bit of a healing center. So, you know, in a couple minutes, can you kind of tell us where you're at now with that piece of your dreaming? Yeah, so very quickly, um, we just bought in uh, September of this year, or October as was the closing date, 
October 29th, um, a, a little home right beside where my husband and I live, which is the Jewel House. So the dream was always around a place called the Jewel House for people with special needs, special homes for special people, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it's bigger than that. So this was the funny part when I re-listened to our, our first podcast and yeah. was when I was crawling around Stephen's house there and I found the Cherry Hill Coffee. Yes. As we have been working with Cherry Hill and there's a wolf insignia, like that's our symbol, is a wolf yes. for Cherry Hill. And at first we thought Cherry Hill was going to be one place, but we're realizing now Cherry Hill is places all over the planet. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we've secured a place in, in um, Australia now. There's one in Hawaii. Um, hopefully you guys will be on board, but there's places that are emerging that are going to be part of the Cherry Hill healing network so that's it's that is also evolved right because you yes. get these downloads and then you think oh it's going to be one spot right and it's like no it's actually going to be many many spots mm -hmm. and so the jewel house has been manifested and it's you know in conjunction with the cherry hill network and um yeah and we're just you know just starting there just getting going um we want to paint and but tomorrow, for example, there's going to be a couple of special needs kids coming in and we're going to do some music, some drumming and some music and, uh, and yes, yeah, see where it all goes. But I also wrote to you guys, I don't know if you noticed that, but I said, I'm a farmer now. Mm -hmm. And that could be another episode, actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been amazing, actually. And that's a whole story in itself. But it all ties in, you know, like it all ties in because when I look at my book, even, you know, the children of autumn autism here on purpose, there's sunflowers on yeah. the book and that is one of our biggest crops and mm. learning from the sunflowers. And that also just to circle back now to Stephen, why did we grow sunflowers was when we first started and there's like now my friend Marla Nicole and myself and we have a YouTube channel called Marla Grace Marla Nicole and friends and on that little YouTube channel you would meet our little friend Alfie the elephant and uh, he's a very sweet um, elephant he's a little shy right now uh, but he's on our YouTube channel and we grew sunflowers and why because we wanted to attract the bees that yeah. was our that was our whole reason was we just want to pollen be we want pollinators yeah sure. yeah and then we learned like so much community has come out of that and then we also learned we've been learning from the sunflowers and uh, so that's a whole other story you know what I mean yes. I think that that's another that that might be the next podcast but yeah it's been it's been a real amazing journey farming is intense as heck holy smokes mm -hmm. but awesome yeah yeah. So, I'm yeah. really glad to see where you're at. I remember how passionate you were talking about manifesting this house and now you've done it. Dreams in action. It just goes to show, you know, what we're trying to bring on this podcast and to show people that set your intent mm -hmm. and take action. Every little step counts and the universe will provide you symbols and messages. You just have to be open and be aware and be present where you're at. If you're way too far ahead or way thinking about in the back, you're going to miss the magic that happens when you're staying right with yourself. I'm yeah. so glad totally we got agree. a chance yeah. to yeah. 
reconnect yeah. and share and and reminisce about that beautiful time we spent and i know and we talked about it back then that that we do have work to do and and here we are starting starting it off starting yeah. the new year off is, I love it. Is there a place? Are you accepting donations? Do you have a, a nonprofit for the Cherry Hill that we can direct listeners to? Uh, we we have a nonprofit. Like if people go to our website, we have a nonprofit set up right now for we've been raising money for a hyperbaric chamber. Hmm. But funny that you ask. Um, so that we're still raising money for that. But I'm going to do because we need to put a new roof on the jewel house. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just got the download the other day was like, raise the roof, you know, raise the roof uh, fundraiser okay, for that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that, that would actually be good to talk about um, just to recapitulate what you said there, Ange, about, you know, the miracles happen that, that you have to surrender to though. Right. Yes. Like there's that piece of yeah. like, okay, I've done everything I possibly can now. And now it's up to you. And with this particular house, with the jewel house, definitely ancestral miracle came through in the form of my mom, who is on the other side. And that's a story in itself. But without what happened there, that house would not have been manifested. But I really had to say, okay, mom, you want this to happen? Or nature, you want this to happen? You guys, I've done everything I can. I can't do anything else. And then it happened. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. 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 Let go and allow yourself to receive. It's amazing. And if it doesn't come, then trust that it's not meant for you. Yeah. Because you were talking about this three years ago. It doesn't always happen right away. But when you have faith that your mission is in alignment with your heart, it will happen. Yeah. And you know, in the moment, right? Because yeah. when this woman told me about this place, it was like immediate. My heart was like, oh, jewel house. Like it was immediate. Right. So. And there's another confirmation for our listeners. And what we've been saying every episode, listen to your body. Yes. She got the hit. Listen to your body. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Your body knows your body, your body knows, body knows. your body loves you. Listen to it. Right. Your body, awesome. my body. Absolutely. Everybody. Thank you, Grace. I look forward to Thank having you another chat with you soon. Happy yes. New Year's. All the Happy best luck. So wonderful to have you. Mm-hmm. And we Thank will chat you, soon. So nice to meet you. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you for sharing your time with us. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a ratings and review. Hey, did you know that both Angel and Seth have books coming out in 2023? Stay tuned and follow us on all social media platforms at Bites of Light, B-Y-T-E-S-O-F-L-I-G-H-T. Thanks again, and we look forward to sharing space with you again soon.